it's another episode of Delisted, the podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. So there's been a lot of celebrity news going on with Grimes. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about her and Elon Musk. Elon Musk, of course, everyone knows Elon Musk. Um, Grimes, we've talked about we've talked about her before. Yeah, we've yeah. talked about. Her. And I think the last time I talked, we talked about her, I explained who she was. So maybe I won't do that this time because people probably know. Yeah, she's like adjacent to Elon Musk in a way that I think a lot of people are sort of familiar. Yeah, she mainly makes music. She's like a manic pixie, e-girl, dream girl, cyborg, android, all of the above, who makes music and is with was with Elon Musk. Yeah, I was going to say the is backslash was makes sense for this story. Yes, yeah, so Grimes and Elon Musk have been together on and off since for about four years. He's 50, she's 38. They've met on social media, of course. They bonded over nerd shit. Um, She's praised him as some kind of savior to mankind, a genius. She's done that several times. Um, She's defended him when he's said stupid shit. So that's basically their relationship. And they made a baby together. That baby is almost two years old. Where does time go? Time go. Yeah, time flies. <laughs> they call him X, but as everyone knows, they named him a bunch of symbols. If only it were as simple as X. It's not. In it's an like ideal you know, world. <laughs> if you're if you have a cat and your cat jumps on your laptop when you're at it and like touches the keyboard, whatever they type, that's Baby X's full name. Yeah, the government will accept that on an ID. Definitely. So um, Grimes and Elon Musk, they welcomed another child. And the way we found out is both weird and suspect, which is Grimes' brand pretty much at this point. But we found out because of a Vanity Fair cover interview that she did. But I think like the most shocking part of the story is that she got a Vanity Fair cover story. Also, I agree. Also, it could be a slow news month. We don't know. The editor's room could be sitting around, you know, eating their lunches saying, okay, guys, what is it? This is down to the 11th hour. We got to put someone on this cover. Hey, uh, we got a call from Grimes' publicist. Apparently she has a new baby. Great. Shoot it. Perfect. Book it for tomorrow. So Devin Gordon of Vanity Fair, he went to Grimes' house in Austin, Texas to interview her. And when he got there, she told him that Baby X was with his father. So I guess he thought he were they were the only ones in the house. But then early into their interview, after they started talking, he heard a baby cry upstairs. And mm-hmm. he ignored it at first. But then the baby kept crying. And Grimes froze up and said something about how she wanted to keep the children out of it or something, you know, wanted things to be private. But then she spilled it and (laughs) said she and Elon welcomed their second child, a girl, in December. Um, Grimes said that she had a hard pregnancy with baby X, and she and Elon wanted more kids but were afraid of complications, so they went with surrogacy. And their second child was born via surrogate in December. The kid is... Elon's eighth child. It's a lot of kids. That we know of. 
Uh, Grimes told Devin that they named their daughter Exa Dark Sidereal Musk, but they call her Baby Y for short. Get it, XY? Yeah, but also Baby Y is like, why did you name me this? Why? And Grimes later said on Twitter that they're probably going to change Baby Y's full name. I mean, they... They did the same thing with Baby X. They kind of came up with a name and they're like, maybe not. So it's a work in progress, which yeah, not- hopefully lands on a normal name. <laughs> Normal-ish. <I> mean, <laughs> you you would hope. I mean, in this case, the most normal part of her name is the last name Musk. Well, Exa, I wouldn't, Exa, I wouldn't mind too much. But like, why is Baby, why is a baby whose name right now is Exa? Why is her nickname Y? Yeah, it's like X O Y Z. Yeah, so if they're not they're not together anymore, so but if they had another baby, it would be Z, right? Yeah, Z for Zachariah, <laughs> a biblical name. <laughs> and it's funny because in that Vanity Fair article, Devin was like, um, "Didn't she know that I would probably find out that there was a baby here?" Yeah. Uh, yes, Michael <laughs> speaking. <laughs> Speaking as somebody who has had a has had a four month old baby before, if I was going to be conducting an interview and I didn't want someone to know I had a baby, I would conduct that interview anywhere but my house. I would be in a Seven Eleven parking lot. I would be at the mall uh, food court. I'd be like, you can interview me anywhere but my home. Do not come in my home because that baby will give me away because it will start crying. And she's like, come on in, come to the interview at my house. And she's like crossing her fingers. Oh, I hope the baby doesn't cry today. No, more like she slipped the nanny a 20 to make the baby cry during the interview so that he could find out and she could announce in Vanity Fair. Yeah, yeah. she, she, she tells the nanny, if the kid starts crying, I want you to wait for a count of 10 before you try to get them to stop. Don't stop at all. So when last fall, when a surrogate was pregnant with their baby they they there were room there was news that they had split up and elon said that they were semi-separated but then there were rumors that they got back together and Mm -hmm. that they were having an open relationship and during grimes interview with vanity fair she said that she and elon live in separate houses and that their relationship is fluid but she would call him her boyfriend okay so to me that says they're together (laughs) During the interview. So they were together at that time. And she also said this about um, Elon in the Vanity Fair article. It's a little side note, but I have to mention it. Elon, of course, he's a billionaire many, 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 many times over. And he's talked about living in a tiny house and wanting to sell his mansions, blah, blah, blah. So Mm -hmm. Grimes talks about that. She talks about how Elon doesn't live like a billionaire And that she once had to beg him to get a new mattress because his had a hole in it. So she said this. Bro does not live like a billionaire. Bro lives at times below the poverty line. To the point where I was like, can we not live in a very insecure $40,000 house where the neighbors like film us and there's no security and I'm eating peanut butter for eight days in a row? First of all. Bro. (laughs) Bro. Bro, you have peanut butter. That's still pretty good. 
and a forty thousand dollar house. Yeah, that's you own a house, good. bitch. That's not poverty line. <laughs> no, she's a fucking moron. Which like, which makes me think they belong together. Because they're both very dumb. <laughs> yeah, they're not together anymore. So right after Vanity Fair's article came out, Grimes said on Twitter that they've since broken up and that he's her best friend and the love of her life, but right now they're over. And Grimes has already moved on. She does not waste time. No, clock is ticking. Page six says that Grimes is now with whistleblower Chelsea Manning. And the two are living together in Austin and things are getting serious. Gawker also did a blind item on this and the podcast Who Weekly talked about it. So it seems like Chelsea and Chelsea Manning Grimes are for real. They're really a thing. Mm -hmm. If you don't know who Chelsea Manning is, uh, Chelsea was uh, an American soldier who leaked classified military documents to WikiLeaks. She was convicted of espionage. She spent seven years in prison before Obama um, commuted her sentence, and she was released in 2017. Mm -hmm. She currently makes a living doing speaking engagements, and her memoir is coming out this year. And now she's with Grimes because I guess she didn't think she's been through enough. She's like, you know what? I haven't been through enough, so maybe I should date Grimes. Her her book publisher is like, you know, this might be good for the book. Uh, the book was, it's already had a lot of stuff in it, but why don't we throw in a chapter about dating Grimes? That that can be in the um, the second release. You need to save some shit for like oh, yeah. the re-release. <laughs> second edition. <laughs> so what, what, what do you think of all this, Allison? I mean, I think that obviously Grimes is very clueless and, you know, like that's like a full stop kind of thing. But so is Elon Musk. So really it is upsetting that they're not together because they're perfect together. But I also do like, I really like seeing things happen to Elon Musk that might make him upset. I enjoy that. And maybe I need to see a therapist, but that's something that I enjoy. So Elon Musk, if you have taken note of any of his, like, Twitter activity, he has said some transphobic stuff or, like, retweeted some transphobic things. Um, He's kind of a dick. And so it's, to me, it feels great because the only way that Grimes could, like, maybe piss off Elon Musk more is if she had quickly moved on to, like, either the ghost of Henry Ford or if Grimes got caught having sex with Jeff Bezos in his spaceship. Like, Grimes getting together with Chelsea Manning, to me, feels like the kind of thing that might be driving Elon Musk crazy, so I can appreciate that. Well, to me, Grimes, she just dates and makes babies with controversial figures to get attention. (laughs) You know, it's, it's some people, you know, when you're looking for a date, you go on Tinder, you go on Hinge, Grimes like goes to the news section of BBC and she's like, Joe Rogan, let me go. Is Joe Rogan single? No. Okay. Shit. Um, yes. Yeah, scr- <laughs> scr- scratch that one. Um, Dave Chappelle, is he? Si- oh no, he's not shit. Okay. Chelsea Manning. Perfect. Let me slide into her DMs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, and it's like all on social media too. Like that's how she got with Elon Musk, which I'm going to say I don't want to judge anyone for how they hook up with someone because, like, we're, you know, we're in no position to judge that kind of stuff. But I will say that 
uh, like sending like memes back and forth to like a 50 year old guy in Twitter DMs. That's maybe that's a, that's a questionable choice. <laughs> well, Grimes is nothing but a questionable choice. So that's true. So that is a brand out. for her. <laughs> yeah. Okay, last week we talked about how Sam Elliott absolutely hates the power of the dog. He called it a piece of shit. He hates the movie's gayness. He hates how all the cowboys were half naked. He hates how it was filmed in New Zealand instead of America. He Such a killjoy. Called it, he called the movie's director, Jane Campion, that woman, and wonder why, what she knows about the American West when she's from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Remember all that? Oh, how could I forget? How could I for- how could I forget that rant about the power of the dog from Sam Elliott? <laughs> okay, so Benedict Cumberbatch and Cody Smith McPhee, who are in the movie, both already gave their comments. They basically said, "Okay." Um, they didn't say <laughs> Jesse Planum Planum Plemons, who's also in the movie. He was asked about it. He said that Sa- Sam's hate made him laugh, and that not everyone's going to like the movie, and that's fine. And then Jane uh, Campion herself was asked about it. So Jane Campion, she was at the Directors Guild Awards. She won Best Director of a Feature Film. She's also She's been winning awards left and right. She won the BAFTA for Director. She won the Critics' Choice for Director. So she's easily the Oscar frontrunner. So Variety's Mark Malkin asked her about Sam's hate of Power of the Dog. So she said... I'm sorry, he was being a little bit of a B-I-T-C-H. And I'm sorry to say it, but he's not a cowboy, he's an actor. And the West is a mythic space and there's a lot of, lot of room on the range. <laughs> That's your next movie. Room on the range. Yeah. And, you know, like, I think it's, I think it's a little bit sexist because if you think about the number of amazing... Westerns that were made in Spain by Sergio Leone. It's, I mean, I consider myself a creator. And um, I think he sees me as a woman or something lesser first. And, uh, you know, I don't appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed her spelling out bitch. The Critics' (laughs) Choice is a family show. It's true. Allison, actually, I don't... I don't know if anybody watches it, let alone families, but she's make, she's she's being careful. Well, I know that it was must-see TV for myself when I was, you know, nine years old. And I would gather my family around the television. Was it around then? Oh, rude. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we, we listened to it on the radio. <laughs> we turned on a radio program and saw who the critics were giving awards to this year, which talkie. <laughs> No, but it was a perfect statement. You know, just the right amount of dragging, lots of facts, basically saying, bitch, you ain't a cowboy. Bitch, you're an actor. I mean, it was... Still a little classy, which was nice. She didn't have to be classy, but she kept it a little bit classy. Yeah, so Jane, she got praised by that, by the internet. Mm -hmm. And that lasted all but about a second. Yeah, maybe 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) The next night, she was on the wrong end of a dragging. So <laughs> as I mentioned, Jane won the Critics' Choice for Best Director, and she stepped in it during her speech. So she started by mentioning some of the women she admires in the room, including Serena and Venus Williams, mm-hmm. who were there because King Richard is about them and their father. Yeah. 
And Jane talked about how much she admires them. And then she started talking about how all her fellow nominees are men. Mm-hmm. And that's when she said, Serena and Venus, you are such marvels. However, you do not play against the guys. <laughs> like I have to. <laughs> okay, that didn't go over well. No, well, especially because <laughs> if you know anything about Venus and Serena Williams, it's that they're constantly, they constantly have to deal with like bullshit from like male tennis players. Not all male tennis players, but you know, hashtag not all not all men tennis players, but all a lot of them. Like they, it's very annoying, and it's like continuous. Yeah, and many pointed out that Jane comparing herself to Venus and Serena, you know, wasn't a good move since Venus and Serena built their careers from the ground mm-hmm. up. They were two black girls going into a sport that's very white. Mm-hmm. They succeeded at it. They have succeeded at it while dealing with tons of racism Mm -hmm. and obstacles. And Jane's father is a famous theater director in New Zealand. Her mom is an actress, so she got a leg up. And actress Jodie Turner-Smith, she tweeted, Jane taking time out of her best director speech to tell two black women that she is more oppressed than them is peak white feminism. Yeah, it was it was not good. The optics of that were very bad. <laughs> Jane got a lot of shit for it. She later apologized. She said her comment was thoughtless. Uh, she said she did not intend to devalue them. She said that um, they are world-class athletes, and the fact is the Williams sisters have actually squared off against men on the court and off, and they both raise the bar and open doors for what is possible What is possible for women in the world. The last thing I would ever want to do is minim- minimize remarkable women. I love Serena and Venus. Their accomplishments are titanic and inspiring, and then she apologized to them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I feel like when Jane Campion, like when she talked about Sam Elliott on the red carpet. If someone should just come up, come up behind her and like covered the mic with their hand and being like, okay, that's enough. Don't say anything else from now until the end of award season. That was a perfect quote. If you get to win an award tonight, just grab the award and just like nod your head, <laughs> leave the stage. Don't say you're anything else. You're trying to silence, you're trying to silence women. Oh my God. Hash, hashtag this woman right here trying to shut her up. <laughs> That's going to be the name of this this episode. <laughs> the one where Allison tells a woman to shut up and direct. Yeah, I'm like, Jane Campion, you shouldn't even be directing. There Are there not sandwiches that need to be made in your kitchen? <laughs> yeah, but Jane should, at her Oscar speech, she learned a lesson. So just say who she, you know, thank who she needs to thank and end with and fuck you, Sam. Elliot. I almost I always want to say Sam Neal. Oh, I know. And poor, poor Sam, Sam Neal. Does, no, he doesn't deserve it. He saved all those dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Let's end this part of the show with some blowjob news courtesy of Stevie J. Stevie BJ is what we should call him for this. So Stevie J is a DJ. He's a music producer, but he's mostly known for his personal life, and for the reality shows he's been on. He was on Love and Hip Hop by Atlanta, and his own show, Stevie J and Jocelyn Go Hollywood. So he's 50 years old. He has six kids. 
He was married to Faith Evans. He's been with reality stars Mimi Faust and Jocelyn Hernandez. Okay, that is Stevie J. So Stevie J, he is promoting some kind of special. And he did an interview with Leah's Lemonade, which is hosted by Leah Henry and is a show on 93.5, a radio station in D.C. And she also puts the interviews on her YouTube channel. And the interviews are done via video call. So you can see Leah and her guest, yeah, right? Yeah, it, it makes a ton of sense for her to post it on the internet. It's very side-by-side. Side. It's, yeah, exactly. So Stevie J was on, and Leah was in her studio, and Stevie was lying in bed. He's shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> He's leaning up against the headboard of the bed, and you can't see anything from his waist down. This is how the interview starts. Like, it starts with him leaning up against the headboard, shirtless. You can't see anything from the waist down. And he's, like, moaning, like, slightly moaning, making faces oh, yeah, he's making, and smirking. He's got, like, sex breathing. It is, if I was Leah, it would be immediately, the second the FaceTime call picks up, Stevie J, please, first of all, please go put on a shirt. Secondly, if you can try to find a chair, I really don't want to conduct this interview from your bed with you, like, leaning like oh leaning against the headboard that like wicker wayfair looking ha- headboard like oh it's so weird looking <laughs> to me it's like he wants everyone to know that something's going on because he's not focused he's lying there and leah she and at one point like he changes like he changes the angle of the camera so he he puts the the camera over him. So you can see him shirtless and you still can't see from the waist down, but you do see a hand, a woman's hand move up next to him. So it looks like a woman is down there sucking him off and she put her hand there and he wants us to know all of this. And Leah, she asks him about it, like what is going on? And he doesn't really answer and he plays coy. And so she kind of ignores it and keeps going on with the interview yeah because if so if someone's not going to give you those answers like you just have to keep an interview going she's she's not interrogating him she's got questions she has to ask yeah and he's getting his dick sucked and this interview is going on like nothing so many people this went viral of course many people turn this on leah they think he was disrespecting her which he was and that she should have ended the interview. Do you think she should have ended the interview? Uh, I mean, I <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah, but it's okay. I agree with that too. But it's one of those situations where it's so awkward. And you are the one who's interviewing. So you would like feel like I just feel personally you would feel kind of weird about saying, like, I have to stop this interview. I think you're getting a blowjob. Because that's very accusatory. Well, I probably would have asked, CVJ, what happened to you in life where (laughs) you have to get a woman to suck your dick during a FaceTime interview for attention? And then I'd ask the woman the same thing. And then I'd tell Stevie that he should probably be the one sucking and it should be he should be sucking on a water bottle since he's thirsty. 
I probably would have asked. I probably would have asked if you're getting your dick sucked. She was a little more subtle. She's a journalist. She's a professional. Yeah. <laughs> she answered to people blaming her. And she said that she went to a top journalism school and knows how to conduct an interview. And she also spoke about it a lot in a follow-up YouTube video. She said that she was surprised how suddenly people came after her after she posted the video. And that she only had a certain amount of time on her Zoom. So she didn't she didn't pay for the pay package <laughs> for 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 more time, which is a smart thing. I wouldn't have either. And so she only had a certain amount of time and Stevie was late. And he had other interviews because he's on a press tour to promote his special. So he only had a certain amount of time. And when Stevie came on the Zoom shirtless and in bed, she said that it reflected on him. And if that's what he wants to portray, that's on him. Like she wasn't going to tell him to put on a shirt because. I Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, it's his, it's his bad thing. She denies it was a stunt that she was involved with. But she does say that his special was produced by TV One, which is owned by the same parent company of the company she works for. And that's why she decided to promote his special at the end of the interview and to also post the interview. Hmm. Interesting. Well, and also, if she didn't post the interview, a lot of us would have never known about Leah's Lemonade. <laughs> so this is, I guess it's a win-win. It's win. brand outreach. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's free publicity for her. When she says that Stevie J was late, that concerns me, Michael. Because that would imply to me that a blowjob was going on. He was in his bed. He was leaning up against his elegant Wayfair headboard. And he's getting a blowjob. And then all of a sudden he sees on his phone, oh no, I have an interview with Leah's Lemonade. But I am also in the middle of a blowjob. And my interview is, okay, I'm going to put it off for five or ten minutes. And then eventually he realizes he cannot put it off any further. So he dials into the Zoom call and starts doing the interview. I would recommend Stevie J go to see a doctor. Because if he, is not, if he is not able to finish by the time a scheduled FaceTime call is to begin, he might have some problems. No, you're giving him too much credit. He planned this from the beginning. He wasn't getting a blowjob before the call. <laughs> the blowjob probably started as soon as he got the call because he's like, okay, it's showtime. It's showtime. <laughs> like, this is the whole reason why, I mean, <laughs> I don't think it was like he was in the middle of a blowjob and brought the interview into it. I think it was the other way around. I don't even know if he was getting a blowjob. It could just be that he was pretending to, and then he had like his assistant get a mannequin arm in hand and pull it up next to him. <laughs> so, because this was like such a stunt from him from beginning to end. And I don't even know if it technically... Well, at the end, he like... He gets up and you can tell he's naked. And she says, and in the video, she does say like, you know, put some clothes on when you talk to me. And he also like jokingly called her a slut. She didn't like that. Like, so it was a, it was a train wreck interview from beginning to end. And I don't think she was in on it, but he planned this from beginning to end. For sure. And you know what I will say? I think he did plan it well, because at no point in time did the person down below him pop her head up and be like, hi, Leah, nice to meet you. That would have been unprofessional. I mean, but she's part of the interview, so you should at least introduce her. 
I don't know if her contract said that she would get any on-camera time. (laughs) And I don't know why people are mad at Leah when Howard Stern is constantly sucking people off and eating their asses on his show. And I love Howard, but nobody, like, kisses ass like he does. And another thing, just one more thing. I need to send all my therapy bills to Leah's Lemonade because I need serious therapy after watching Stevie J's blowjob face. And it's like, it's not even, it's like a blow, it was like a blow, a gross blowjob smirk. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? He would like smirk and like, Ugh. Oh, yeah. Like no. my, my, um, uh, my like keystone for that is uh, Dan Aykroyd's character in Ghostbusters when he gets blown by the ghost. That's like, to me, the worst blowjob face, but that has been wiped from my memory. Yeah, this is much unsexier. I'll never be horny again. So, Michael, there was a brief period of time where we didn't have a Kardashian reality show on the air. And that's about to come to an end because the Kardashians' newest reality show will be starting on Hulu next month. In order to promote the their show, which is just called The Kardashians, very creative, Kim Kardashian and Courtney and Chloe and Chris did an interview with Variety. And nobody really gives a shit about what they said, except for one quote from Kim, which has dominated the past week in news. So Kim, apropos of nothing, said, I have the best advice for women in business. Get your fucking ass up and work. It seems like nobody wants to work these days. You That's have to, so true. You have to surround yeah. yourself with people that want to work. And Michael, why do you think that people jumped on that quote so hard? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Speculate here. Give me all your ideas. What's your hypothesis? <laughs> so some people were saying that she knew that would get outrage. And so she just, she said that on purpose. Do you think... She's that smart. That is giving Kimberly <laughs> far too much credit. No, I think she's genuinely out of touch. Like, I think she's genuinely out of touch and genuinely thinks that. And it's like, girl, we've seen your sex tape. You needed to get up off your ass and work. Yeah, it was, there was a uh, half effort. Definitely no, half but, effort. But my favorite, favorite, favorite part of that clip mm-hmm. is when Kim is saying like, yeah, you need, nobody wants to work these days. And Courtney goes, that's right, or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, you are the laziest one. Maybe she says, like, yeah, you're right. Nobody wants to work, including me. Yeah, Courtney's like, I can vote for those people that don't want to work as I'm the I'm the president of that club. <laughs> Actually, and, that's not true. Courtney has that website. She still has that website, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't even know if she works on it. I don't think she's ever worked on it. No. Ask her what her WordPress password is. She'll look more blank in the eyes than ever. But my problem with this is that why is Variety asking Kim about giving advice to businesswomen? She's a puppet. If anybody asks Chris. Credit where credit is due. That is a woman who works. I mean, she's the mastermind behind it. That that's if anybody should be getting advice, it's her. She's like, step number one, sell yourself, sell your soul to the devil. Step number two, go to a brain surgeon and whatever part of your brain operates morals, dignity, have that removed. (laughs) There you go. The key to a successful business. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so the Oscars are coming up in two weeks. Excuse me, less than two weeks, week and a half. And um, the movie Don't Look Up is nominated for Best Picture. 
Mark Rylance, Oscar winner, best supporting Oscar winner, um, is in Don't Look Up. He plays a character that's kind of like sort of a Steve Jobs kind of. That's how I would probably describe it. A Steve Jobs, a Jeff Bezos sort of person. Uh, so he's like a fairly big part of Don't Look Up. And he can go to the Oscars because he's in an Oscar-nominated movie, but Mark Rylance will not be going. And so he said, I won't be going this year. To be honest, they're actually really boring. I don't think awards are a serious marker of what the greatest or most inspiring things are, but it's nice to be celebrated. Duh, from top to bottom. <laughs> also, Mark Rylance is British, right? He's not American. Yeah. So he would have to get on a plane, come to Los Angeles. He's got to, he's got to be there for more than 2 days. That to sit in a to sit in a theater for 4 hours and watch while your movie you're in doesn't win a single award, that would be a waste of time. Yeah, too much work. <laughs> um so Cameron Diaz is 49 years old, which is crazy to say that cuz I really didn't think she was 49. Cameron Diaz will always be the age of that she was in the mask um, or my best friend's wedding. But so she was on Michelle Visage's podcast, new podcast, which is called rule breakers. And so they're talking about like beauty and skincare and all that stuff. And Cameron Diaz is very rich. I would assume that she has like a very extensive skincare routine and she doesn't, we share a skincare routine. Basically she says, I literally do nothing. I never wash my face twice a month. If I'm lucky, I'll be like, oh, I better put this thing on. One time works, right? I'm just not in that place now where it's where I put energy. So Cameron Diaz is a once a month face wash person. 12 times a year. Do you believe her? Truthfully, yes, I do. You because do. she's she's so rich, she doesn't have to do anything. She doesn't have to wear sunscreen. She can just buy like the nicest, biggest hat. She can set up umbrellas all around her backyard. So like the sun will never touch her face. She doesn't have to wear makeup because for what? She's like retired from acting. Um, If she's just hanging out with her friends, she doesn't have to put on makeup. How dirty does Cameron Diaz really get? I don't think she's a gardener. And she definitely is not a mechanic who works on her own car. So her face isn't getting dirty. She just needs to put it under the shower head. She's full of shit. (laughs) You think so? Well, she has had like acne breakouts in the past. Yeah. And... But okay, I believe her. I believe that she doesn't wash her face. Okay. But her live-in esthetician washes her face nightly before <laughs> a laser treatment and a facial. So she doesn't wash her face, but others probably do. You got her on a technicality, Michael. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going with. Yeah, it's what it's the words she's not saying. <laughs> that's the hint. All right, so. Dolly Parton is an icon, obviously, and she's probably been inducted into just about everything. But she recently withdrew her name from this year's list of nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, you know, like anybody can be, not anybody, I mean, you and I can't be nominated for (laughs) Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, but actual musicians can. And so she just had to pull her name. She didn't want anything to do with it this year. And... She said that she's extremely flattered, very grateful to be nominated, like that people would think of her. But she said that she doesn't feel that she has earned that right. And she doesn't want her votes. She doesn't want votes to be split because of her. So she wanted to respectfully bow out. And she then also said that she hopes that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame committee 
will understand and that they will consider her again sometime in the future with these words, if I'm ever worthy. Well, I think she's saying like she's not rock and roll, which they don't only uh, honor no rock and roll people. But I think she's like, you know, I'm not rock and roll enough. So she obviously Dolly's metal album is coming. Yeah, she wants to really earn it. But I will say straight talk to me is a rock and roll song. And I think that alone should qualify her to get an induction. Well, you know what else should qualify her to be inducted is she told the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to shove it. What's more rock and roll than that? It's pretty badass. (laughs) Okay, so Michael, Demi Lovato (laughs) is into like aliens and stuff. Like Demi Demi Lovato's tastes run a little strange. I'll say that. And over the weekend, they did an unboxing video and we found out in the video that Demi had just received some ancient Egyptian artifacts. And upon unboxing, we learned that Demi Lovato was now the proud owner of some onks, clay tablets, and mummified figurines. And uh, in their video, they were saying like, some of these pieces are thousands of years old. And they were so excited. Their mind was blown. And it was a big deal for Demi. Like this was like Demi's Christmas, Christmas in March. And the bad thing is, Michael, none of it might be real. I doubt it. Demi would have a better chance of finding authentic ancient Egyptian artifacts at the museum company than from wherever Demi ordered these so-called ancient Egyptian artifacts. So after they posted that video, um, a whole bunch of like archaeologists on Twitter started chiming in um, saying, so they had a couple different arguments for why they thought Demi's artifacts were bogus. One person said that the paperwork that came with the artifacts looked suspicious and that the paperwork was not what comes with legitimate artifacts. Um, Another person pointed out that the antiques trade is full of fakes and forgeries. And then another uh, person said that a lot of Egyptian artifacts have been looted like stolen. So even if they were real, they're probably from the black market, which makes them extremely suspect and obtained not well. And then also in like 1970, like UNESCO, like the heritage site people, they had this like bill or law or something that they passed where they said that you could not trade ancient artifacts. Like you couldn't just buy them. Like you couldn't go to someone and say like, hey, give me a box full of onks. So generally, people were saying, these are fake. Demi got scammed. Demi has not commented on whether or not they got scammed. Well, probably because Demi's busy going on eBay trying to get rid of these things. Like, shit. (laughs) Demi Lovato owned crap or whatever it is. If I were Demi, I'd be really glad that all that stuff was fake. Because in the box of stuff that Demi got... There were mummies. And from what I know about mummies is that they come with real curses. And I personally wouldn't want to have a mummy's curse placed on my head for the next, you know, six million years. Well, have you seen Demi's hair recently? I think their head has already been cursed. So in our final segment, we've decided to visit the delisted archives once again in 
another edition of Where Are They Now? Where we go through the past, the early 2000s, and we check in on someone who was very, very famous back then and maybe isn't as famous now. So uh, one listener wrote in and asked us what had happened to Brandon Davis. And that name either will ring a bell for you, a big bell, or you'll be like, I don't know who Brandon Davis is. So Brandon Davis kind of became a thing in, I would say, 2005, 2006, sort of around that time frame. Brandon Davis was the grandson of Marvin Davis, who was an oil tycoon. He has since died. And his grandmother, Barbara Davis, who is a billionaire, she is still alive. Um, And Brandon Davis was mostly known for two things. So one, being a rich kid, a rich grandson. And two, being friends with Paris Hilton. So they obviously had a ton in common because Paris Hilton, also a famous grandchild, um who liked to party. So her and Brandon Davis were friends. They, Brandon Davis was often seen uh, hanging out with Paris Hilton. There were, to describe Brandon Davis, there were many nicknames for Brandon Davis, like Greasy Bear, Michael, I know you used to call him Fat Elvis, which I need to stress. And I didn't come up with that. I didn't even come up with that. No, so, I was no. going to say that's a very accurate nickname because that's exactly what Brandon Davis looked like. Yeah, the uh, later the in fat Elvis. Yeah, greasy bear, mostly greasy bear because yeah. he was always greasy. He yes. was at every party. He was yeah. He ran in those same circles like his Paris, Lindsay, that like exactly. Also, greasy bear made sense too because he was like the grandson of an oil tycoon, so oily, greasy. It was nice. It was synergy. I liked it. Um, Brandon Davis also always looked really tired to me. Like it could be nine o'clock at night and it would he would look like it was 3 a.m outside of a club he always looked exhausted um which looking back it might be because he was probably awake for weeks on end um but i'm not going to speculate on that so the reason that brandon davis became very famous is because in 2006 uh we're going to go back a little bit paris hilton was at one point in time dating a Greek shipping heir, or this, like, uh, yeah, a Greek shipping heir named Stavros Niarchos. Nachos. And, I would call him Nachos. Yes. They were engaged, right? I believe so. I think it might have been her first engagement. First of many. Exactly. Her inaugural engagement. Yes. <laughs> so always an important one. So they split up. And then Lindsay Lohan, who, as you pointed out, was partying with Paris Hilton and Brandis, Brandon Davis at the time, started dating nachos. And that's when, obviously, Paris Hilton had an issue with that. But we never heard it from Paris Hilton personally. We heard it from Brandon Davis, who, this is probably the reason why Brandon Davis is the most famous, or was the most famous at the time. So in 2006, him and Paris Hilton were leaving a club somewhere, and Brandon Davis obviously very drunk, started going on a rant about uh, Lindsay Lohan. And in this rant, he said many poetic things about Lindsay Lohan, uh, including but not limited to um, derogatory comments about her freckles, uh, that she's not black or white, she's orange. This was also the time when Lindsay Lohan was using a lot of self-tanner. So that's what that joke is from. Uh, He called her fire crotch, which is 
again, that's like where that's that, probably what he's known for. Yeah, that's that probably his claim to fame. <laughs> that's okay. Lindsay Lohan, would you f her? Would you f her? Just tell me the truth. Would you f her mom? Because I wouldn't. Would you f her dad? Her dad's hotter than her. All right. It's <laughs> we think she's a fire crotch. Or we know. Are we going to the parking lot or are we going? I mean, we don't think that we know. It's obvious. Red pubic hair comes from inside her. She's like an orange tree. Excuse me. It was like a nickname that picked up. Like, he was obviously like, you know, he said a lot of things in that rant which were like obviously offensive but then he said some things that were also really uh clueless and dumb like he said that like he was kind of reading Lindsay lohan as well like he said that um she was worth seven million dollars which means that she's poor uh he accused her of living in a motel he was very upset he was upset on behalf of paris hilton because paris hilton didn't say anything she was kind of letting brandon davis rant about do her dirty exactly and she was like laughing in the video so a lot of people figured, okay, well, she's not stopping him. So, you know, that's a, that's kind of a sign that she's sanctioning it. After Brandon Davis called Lindsay Lohan Firecrotch, he was like kind of, he got like a little popular because he was like the star of that video, that TMZ clip. Um, and he was still friends with Paris Hilton. And so she was still going out all the time and he was going out with her. Um, also, Brandon Davis was like friends with, uh, Paris Hilton's sister, Nikki Hilton. So again, they were friends. They were like hanging out. If she was getting yeah, photographed. Yeah, he dated Misha Barton. Yes. For a bit. That's kind of where it made him famous. He dated like a lot of those girls. Like yes. Misha Barton. He dated, uh, I think, Brittany Gaston. Yes. He dated January Jones, which surprised me. Yes. I didn't remember that. But... Well, she dated Ashton Kutcher too. So her taste is suspect. You know, we can't hold people a- accountable for the people they dated in the 2000s. It was a different time. <laughs> um, and then also Brandon Davis was kind of like Paris Hilton's spiritual, like, um, what's the word that they use in Anne of Green Gables? Oh, like bosom sisters. Confidant? Sort of. They were like, uh, they were like, good friends they were like shared a soul because uh brandon davis was arrested and charged for coke possession in 2011 um so he was kind of like a mess like paris hilton but obviously he was not as much on the radar because he wasn't he wasn't like a famous person he was a friend of a famous person kind of like when we talked about cisco adler i would consider brandon davis to be uh on a cisco adler level of fame in the mid 2000s so michael that leaves us with where's Brandon Davis now? So Brandon Davis is 43 years old. He is still friends with Paris Hilton. Um, he made an appearance in her reality show, Paris in love, which is the show that she filmed as she was uh, getting married last year. Um, but otherwise not too much else is known. He definitely was still kind of a mess. Like in 2014, uh, Jeremy Jackson from Baywatch accused Brandon Davis of beating him up at a party um in 2015 he owed a casino three hundred thousand dollars he like gambled and then left and like didn't pay his tab uh and he was arrested for a dui in 2015 so things were not the best for brandon davis in recent years though like because 2015 is seven years ago um he hasn't really done much like i said he made an appearance in paris in love um 
he has a private Instagram account and his profile picture is with a little girl, which could like lead one to believe that maybe he's a father now. Oh but my there was God, God <laughs> but there was no like wedding announcement or birth announcement or anything like that. So again, who is to say nobody truly knows what's going on. But we do know he is alive because, you know, he was on he made an appearance on a reality show. He had to sign the release waiver. So he's either cleaned up his act and he's no longer a total mess, or he's a total mess, but nobody really cares anymore to report on it. So that's going unnoticed. Could be he could be flying under the radar more. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but I will say that when uh when he was on Paris in Love, he looks kind of the same as he did in 2006. Yeah, like I looked at recentish pictures, like there's not many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks the same. Greasy. Yeah. Still the same hair, still dark hair. There you go. So that's where Brandon Davis is now. If you'd like us to do another Where Are They Now in the Future, you can email us at dtp at delisted.com. You can also email us if you have a question or a note or anything else. So that ends this show. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. Bye.